Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. You here tonight, we're going to discuss a very hot and controversial topic, and that is discerning false prophets and false teachers. I know you guys have asked me to do this for months. Isaiah, talk about false teachers. How do I know if somebody is a false prophet or a false teacher? And tonight, we'll be using these terms both synonymously false prophet, false teacher, very similar terms. We're going to be using them both tonight in describing how to stay deception proof, how to stay away from false teachers and false prophets. So many people, and this is what I want to draw the foundation tonight. So many people think that the false prophets or false teachers are rare, few and far in between, but I'm going to show you tonight that they are much more common than you think. And this is a very important topic because it's possible that you're listening and maybe one of your favorite preachers is a false teacher or a false prophet. And let me say this, all of these things I'm gonna give you, indicators, signs, they all apply to me as well. I'm not typing these up and writing these up and studying and looking at scripture and studying all the scriptures of a false prophet and false teacher and going, none of these could possibly be me. I'm saying, Lord, I want to stay humble. I want to stay teachable. I want to stay moldable. And I want to make sure that I never fall into deception. I want to make sure that I never deceive anybody. So help us tonight by sharing this broadcast so we can get the word out. In fact, let me show you this. In Matthew 24, 11, Jesus said, many false prophets shall rise up. And here's what Jesus says they're going to do. They're going to deceive many. So this was not some random guy with a tiny ministry or someone in a trench coat trying to deceive people. And here's what I want you to get. They're not false prophets if you know, and they have a ministry called False Prophets Incorporated or False Prophets Nonprofit or False Prophet Ministries. No false prophets label themselves, market themselves, or publicize themselves as false prophets. And Jesus said, here's what you need to know, Matthew 24, 11, is there's going to be a lot of them. It's not gonna be five of them or 10 of them or YouTube channels with a thousand subscribers. They're going to be incredibly prevalent, especially in the last days. We know the Bible says, as we continue to go into the last days, false prophets are going to rise. Those claiming that they are the Christ or claiming that they are anointed, claiming that they are of God, claiming that God has mandated them, God has called them. And we're gonna talk later too about false apostles, but you need to know, so don't sit and go, oh, this broadcast isn't for me, click off and say, it's not relevant. I say, how are you gonna dedicate an entire broadcast to false prophets? And I'm gonna tell you how I'm going to is because Jesus said, there's going to be many of them, a mass majority are going to be false prophets and they're going to deceive many. Jesus said there's going to be a rise. And friend, let me tell you something that we are living in the rise of false prophets that right now share this broadcast. Come on, everyone right now on Facebook, hit share. Right now, there is a rise of false ministries, false prophets, false evangelists, false apostles rising up in the end time church. And these are people that claim to be the Christ, which is not like Jesus Christ. Here's what you need to know. 
They're not going to claim to be Jesus Christ. That's too obvious. They're going to claim to be the Christ, which the Christ means the anointed one. So they're going to claim to walk in the anointing of God. They're going to say that God is speaking through them. People that say, I speak for God. People who say they preach the gospel. People who say they're Christian and they're going what Jesus said to lead many astray. Millions will be led astray. And I'm going to shout this and don't, I don't care what y'all say, into another gospel, into following another Jesus and ultimately be deceived by these false teachers. It's not hard to be deceived by false teachers because they preach a gospel that sounds good, that looks good, but is what the Bible calls another gospel. And again, you might say, why would this topic even matter to me? Because it's possible you're listening to them. It's possible you were raised in a church and highly likely of false teachers or just people that simply don't realize there is a watered down, manipulated gospel of convenience that they are preaching and they're preaching comfort. And this is what's being preached in most churches. And it's not the gospel of the Bible. It does not reflect who God really is. And you can live your entire life. I know I'm coming out of the gate strong. You can live your entire life following a myth or the Bible calls a fable thinking that you're genuine, thinking that you're in the faith. And so we need to break deception. This is why the New Testament says people were turned over to myths. They followed a watered down, ear tickling, deluded gospel. And I want to tell you right now that there is a real revival. Come on, who am I preaching to happening right now as I speak of people waking up and some of you are part of them. And so I know you're shouting right now in your chair, wherever you're at, waking up to the reality of who God really is. They say, Isaiah, I was in church my entire life, but now I'm waking up to who God really is. I'm waking up to the reality of the power of God. And friend, when you really meet God, come on, help me back me up tonight. When you really meet God, the first thing you'll think is, if this is God, if this is the God of the Bible, wait right there, who in the world who have I been following all these years? Like I've been in church 20, 30, 40 years, and now I meet the God of the Bible, then if this is the God of scripture, the God of healing, deliverance, breakthrough, power, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I've been in church for 20 years, then who was that? Who have I been following? You've been following, the Bible describes it as another Jesus, a Jesus that we've created. And and I have music going. Thanks guys. I I didn't realize I had music going in the background the whole time. I didn't mean to have that music going, but a Jesus that we've made in our image instead of the Jesus that made us in his image. And that's why you woke up and you said, Isaiah, 40 years, I was following this religious Jesus, this Jesus that is not scriptural. And thank the Lord, is anybody else but me grateful that God has delivered them from religion, that God has save them from religion, that God has opened up my eyes, opened up my ears, and turned my life around. If you recently got awakened, let me see a one in the chat. If you are one of those that were in church for years and one day encountered the God of scripture, let me get a one in the chat because God is moving right now. He's waking people up. He's encountering people in cars and in basements and in buses. He's encountering people in the church. He's encountering people in drug houses encountering people in bedrooms and showers wherever you think you can hide God says I am moving and I speak over you tonight I feel the fire man I'm telling you I wish I could just run around my office right now 
that right now God is blowing the trumpet in Zion, that God is waking up his church, that if you have a lost family or a lost friend that is out there, we speak the hand of God over them. We speak the power of God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be a part of a community that is awakened to the power of God, that is broken out of religious deception. We break off every assignment. We break off every contract, every plan of the enemy to try to trap you into religion, to try to deceive you. Satan, you are a liar and you are bound in Jesus' name. And we pray that the God of Scripture would be exalted, that we magnify the Jesus, the Messiah of Scripture. We magnify the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit. And we thank God the Father that he didn't leave us in a dead, deluded church, that God has woke you up. So why did God wake you up? So that you can be, as my shirt says, the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. So you can be the John the Baptist in your family and in your generation so that you can see awakening and revival and you can break out of deception and stop following this different Jesus. How were you following him? Because you were under a false teacher or false prophet that was preaching a deceptive gospel. Not in, not all in fact, now I would say this, not all in fact, know that they're false. There is a lot of false teachers and false preachers that don't know they're false. And let me explain this. It's like the Pharisees. They didn't mean to be Pharisees. They were accidental Pharisees. They weren't trying to be. You think the Pharisees were walking around knowing they were religious saying, oh, we know that we're being rejected and we're going to go to hell. And we know that, you know, we're missing the Messiah. They were not purposely, they were zealous and passionate about being religious, but they were wrong. So they weren't Pharisees on purpose. So you might be accidentally deceived. Deception's only deception if you don't know you're being deceived. So you might've been an accidental Pharisee for years, but God is calling you tonight. Now, the way we can tell if we're in deception is by looking at scripture and seeing what does the Bible, and this is what I have to say tonight over and over. So we're gonna give you a lot of verses tonight. What does the Bible say about false prophets? I'm not talking about what a YouTuber says, what a TikToker, what does the Bible say about false prophets? And tonight, we're not talking about those that prophesy a word and miss the prophetic word. That would be a five minute video. It's not what we're talking about. We are talking about false teachers and false prophets according to the word of God and according to what scripture has to say about them because it gets much deeper than I prophesied and it didn't come to pass. That's 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 not what we're talking about. That could be an element of a false prophet, but that's not the signs of the false prophets. Much deeper. We are talking about, listen to me closely tonight. I, I feel the fear of God. I'm just telling you guys. A global church system that is rooted in an easy consumerized deceptive gospel that Jesus Christ never preached and Jesus says this not only will many rise up but Jesus says many come on share this are going to be deceived so don't sit back tonight the 1760 of you and say I would never be deceived because the Bible says yeah even the elect will be deceived. So I'm not sitting here going, I would never be deceived by a false teacher. I have, I know people that were friends of mine that were false teachers. And I'm like, how did I not see that was deceiving? How did I not, how did I sit under that preacher and not realize they were preaching a false gospel? This could be something which we're going to detail later as simple as preaching the gospel, but living in a moral life behind the scenes. The gospel's right, what you're preaching is right, but the lifestyle doesn't match, making you, according to scripture, I'm gonna show you this, a false teacher. So let's let's go deeper than this guy prophesied 
who would be the president and didn't come to pass or he prophesied a event and it didn't come to pass we're not that's not what i want to focus on i'm talking about the nature of a false teacher the nature of a false prophet so jesus says there's gonna be many that rise up and there's going to be many deceived by them so what they're doing i hate to say it is working two categories those that are being deceived and those that are doing the deception and you might be either tonight you might be one of those and you just didn't know you were in deception and now you're like wow i'm a false teacher and i didn't even know it and how many know if i am a false teacher i want someone to preach something strong like this so that i can break out of deception and if i'm under a false teacher false pastor false leader and the reality is some of you may leave your church after this not because i told you to because you're going to recognize these traits the bible describes as false shepherds and you're going to realize my pastor's a false shepherd again not having any intention of calling people out but my intention is to look at the word of god and make sure that we come out of deception i don't look at these and say oh these are not me none of these could apply to me that would be pride i go lord this is honest before you guys i never want to deceive anyone this is my heart to you guys transparent i never want to deceive anyone let me walk humbly before you let me take heed to your word let me stay humble and hungry so i never fall into deception let me remain have people in my life that i'm accountable to remain under spiritual authority because i isaiah saldivar this is my heart i don't ever want to deceive anybody i don't ever want to be doing it for the wrong reason so i'm walking contrite broken weak before god and i've said this to you guys before i'm the weakest person you'll ever meet weak before god in the natural saying lord i need your power i can't do this without you false teachers and false prophets do not have this attitude they are arrogant they know it all they are proud they are and i'm describing some of you of your friends they are above everyone else they are the men of god and nobody can talk to them can make eye con contact with them can relate to them because they are god in their own eyes and this is this cult worship personality some of these i'm just going to say larger churches they kiss the ground that the pastor walks on I don't see that in scripture. I see Jesus saying, Here, here's how you become great. You don't get an office the size of a person's house. And you don't have a million dollar car, million dollar, uh, $5 million house, or $10 million building. That's all great stuff. Praise the Lord if you're blessed. He says, here's how you become great. And he gets on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. And he goes, that's how you become the greatest. You guys are wondering, how do I become the greatest in the ministry? And Jesus grabs a towel, not a title. Doesn't grab a doctorate degree some university gave him. I've been offered doctorate degree several times. I'm not taking them. I don't want some degree in my wall that I didn't earn saying I'm a doctor. What does that matter? I'm do you better call me Dr. Isaiah. Come on, guys. Miss me with all of that. Some of you out there that are doctors have more degrees in the thermometer, more titles than a UFC champion, yet you've done nothing for God. And God is saying, put down the titles and pick up up a towel and learn to wash the feet of people the son of man come on share this did not come to be served but to serve and if we are false prophets we love to be exalted we love to be worshiped we love to be and be more concerned with building our kingdom and our empire than the kingdom of almighty god now praise the lord 
for big ministries and praise the Lord for our huge staffs. I told the Lord when this all started taking off and the YouTube and all this stuff going on, I said, okay, there's two routes I can take. And again, please, if you're out there and you've taken the other route, I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you what God has spoke to me for my life. I can hire 15 people, buy office complexes, build this huge network and empire and Isaiah Saldivar Ministries International and make it this massive thing where you can never talk to me. I would never get on a stream like this and talk to you directly to the chat and become this huge corporation, this huge entity and sit there and have 40 employees under me and become a machine or I could have one or two people helping me and maintain relatability, being able to talk with you guys, being able to pray with you guys, being able to do deliverance, being able to wash people's feet, being able to hang out after service, lay hands on people indefinitely. And I'm cho I'm choosing to take the route of humility and to say, Lord, I don't want to build a huge empire with 40 employees and be some God in my own eyes. I want to stay humble. I want to stay relatable. I want to stay contactable. I, I, I'm making up words now, but I want to be someone that's personable. And listen, I'm not tooting my own horn. I've met many of you in the chat. If you know, and you came up to me, you were all nervous. And I was like, don't be nervous. I'm normal. And I talked to you like you were my friend. I'm not trying to be this guy that has my name. I've been in pastor's offices. Again, not throwing shade, but I am exposing people where their name is on the napkin. There's just accolades everywhere. I'm like, is this a pastor's office or a locker room of trophies? I mean, we have made gods in the image of men and our God is a jealous God. So you need to know there are false leaders and false prophets that are being worshiped and are walking in error. First John 4, 1 says, beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Now watch this because many false prophets have gone into the world. Many, 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 not just one or two or five or a small YouTube channel. Many have gone out into the world. Now this was written 2000 years ago. So if many were there 2000 years ago, just go ahead and ask yourself, how many more false prophets and teachers do you think are out there today? So we're commanded by scripture to test spirits, test false prophets, and even on a level, which I'll show you later, call them out. And later we're also going to discuss how to test a prophetic word so we're not talking tonight about fault finding you can find fault in any preacher and any prophet and any teacher it's not what we're talking about i have no interest in pointing out every little thing about a preacher i don't have an interest in calling anyone out i don't have an interest my goal is not to fault find or be like i don't like the way that guy talks he's a false preacher there's people legitimately right now that have made youtube videos on me that think i'm a false prophet because i yell or i talk fast i mean think how stupid that is so you're telling me all the prophets in scripture that the bible says shout this message which is in your bible are all false prophets because you don't like excitement because you're dull and dead and passionless and so because i'm passionate and i'm excited about it now i'm somehow a false prophet friend you want to know why i'm passionate because i was passionate at the bar i was passionate at the rave i was passionate at the club i was drinking all night people are like you preach so loud you lose your voice guess what friend i used to lose my voice when i was drunk out of my mind screaming doing keg stands and now that i'm saved you want me to be all calm and complacent and religious and dead like you I've literally looked at comments going, this guy has great content, but he's false because he yells and talks too fast. Get out of here. Smack him with the band hammer because there is passion and this is passion. And we've lost it in the church. I mean, we've lost passion. Like you can lose your mind for a football team, bunch of grown men wearing tight pants, chasing piece of pigskin, and your pastor's out there, ah, kick the ball, kick the ball, knows every name of every player. But then on Sunday morning, he's like, all right, guys, 
Today we're going to open up to the book of Malachi. I, and praise the Lord if he talks that way. I'm not, I, I don't want to make fun of anybody, but I'm just going, okay, I don't mind you being calm, pastor, but just don't be calm out there. I mean, be loud out there, then be calm in here. If you're going to be calm behind the pulpit or calm in church and worship, then when your favorite team is scoring the goal or you got the new watch or you hit the, you know, you're out golfing, you got the new club and you're excited, you get up at four o'clock in the morning to go golfing, don't get all mad at me because I got a little bit of passion. Don't get mad at me because you're putting people to sleep and I'm keeping people on their feet. I mean, come on, help me out tonight. I'm not looking at those type of things. I'm not saying like, he doesn't talk fast so he's false he doesn't shout so he's false that's not what we're talking about we are looking at scripture i don't want to build a community of people that are just calling everybody out for everything i want to build a community of people that are deception proof because they're rooted in relationship with god and they know the word of god listen to what i'm about to say on a serious level a serious level when you know the word of god on a high level a serious level the snake is not going to waste his time trying to deceive you because he knows you're demon proof he knows that you're equipped to cut off his head so he flees and that's why the bible says submit yourself therefore to god resist the devil and he's gonna flee he's gonna come and go i'm not even gonna mess with that guy because every time i show up he knows the word he cuts me up in a hundred pieces serves me up like sushi so every time the snake tries to mess with you you chop him into 10 pieces so he's like i don't even want to mess with that guy because he's demon proof because he knows the word of god and he's deception proof he's always up in those broadcasts learning about how to break deception and false prophets so he's just like i don't even have time remember the devil's resources are limited so if a devil does that devil sends a demon your way he has to take resources from over here put them towards you and he just like i don't really want to waste my time on her or him because he's making my, the, every time i send a demon their way they send back sushi i mean are you guys hearing me tonight is this making sense because they know the word of god i want to be demon proof and i want to build a community that's deception proof and that goes oh no 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 we learn about deception. We learn about testing spirits. We don't play games up in here. We're not playing baby stuff. We're not baby. We're not playing baby church, baby Christian pacifier, Willy Wonka, as Alexander Pagani would say. We're not doing the Chuck E. Cheese gospel. We are serious about relationship with God and serious about the word of God. I and mean, this is why we preach everything. We don't just preach deliverance. We don't just preach miracles. We don't just preach cross. We don't just preach the blood. We preach everything. We preach the secret place. We preach prophecy. We preach dreams and visions. We preach deliverance. We preach the cross. We preach Acts 2.38. We take communion. We're doing all of it because we want to be well-rounded. I mean, I'm like, I'm teaching on every topic I could possibly think of. We've been teaching all month, all month on prophecy and we're going to keep going. We're going to talk about end times. We have lots of other stuff planned. It's because I want it well-rounded people that say oh Isaiah doesn't just talk about one thing in fact I've only done one and it wasn't even one whole broadcast on a Friday night on deliverance this entire year and everyone's like well I thought all you could preach was deliverance are you kidding me guys we have to be well-rounded in scripture so now this is a major question we have to think about why would God even allow false prophets to deceive people or have you ever thought about this why would God allow false teachers to preach his word? Why doesn't God just strike them down or why doesn't God remove them? Why does God allow, think about this, false prophets, we're gonna ask the hard questions, and false teachers to have hundreds of thousands of followers. I could name people right now that are 100%, according to what I'm gonna show you in scripture, according to scripture, not me, false teachers and false prophets, and they have 500,000 followers on Instagram. And they're Christian followers. How is that possible? How are these preachers with 500,000 followers preaching God's word and then get caught sleeping around and cheating on their wife for a year or three years or four years? And I don't even have to go into names because you've been seeing them fall like dominoes. It's why. I asked God this, why, why, why? And here's what I found. Deuteronomy 13, one. 
if a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears among you and announces you a sign or wonder, and if the sign or wonder spoken of takes place and the prophet says, let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, and let us go worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer. The Lord, listen to this. The Lord, y'all aren't ready. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. So here's what he's painting a picture of. There's a false prophet, okay? who prophesies dreams and visions and they come to pass. He does signs and wonders. And now that they come to pass, everyone goes, oh, he must be genuine because everything he says comes to pass. But then he starts telling you, let's go follow other gods. How, how about here's one? Let's go follow presidents. Let's go follow politicians and worship them instead of God. Let's go follow idols. Let's go follow compromise, okay? Because my dreams and visions are coming true. Are y'all hearing me? Are you guys connecting the dot as we break 2000? And he says, let's go worship them. God says, don't follow them. Do not listen. Well, why would God allow the signs and wonders? They're doing it in God's power. And why would God allow the visions to come to pass? Because God says, I'm testing the people. So God, write this down, will allow false prophets and false teachers to prosper to test the people of God. So that's why you have these big celebrity preachers that have large followings that are in compromise and sin, and God keeps allowing them to do miracles, allowing them to prophesy, allowing them to work in signs and wonders. And you're going, how could this guy be cheating on his wife behind the closed doors? But God's allowing this because God says, I'm testing you to see if you're genuinely following me or you're following them because God says, I'm allowing it to see whether you truly love me or you'll serve me. Because here's what's gonna happen. When they start leading you astray, they're going to say, no, 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 I'm not following them. I'm following God. He's the one that I want to love with all my mind, all my heart, all my soul. So this is why corrupt people, write this down, are drawn to corrupt leadership. And when you don't truly love God and you don't truly follow God, when you're just interested in checking God off of your list, you'll be attracted to false prophets. So he goes, listen, I'm allowing you to test you. If you really knew me or my word, you're not going to blindly follow leaders that cause you to follow other gods. There's preachers I can listen to. Listen to me closely with all my convictions, okay? Say I have a conviction against certain movies or certain music, right? Me, Isaiah Saldivar, and I listen to a preacher, and I've, I, this has literally happened to me, and I listen to the preacher, I have strong convictions, in my heart right and after i get done hearing him preach about like let's say the grace of god i've had times where i'm like maybe god's okay with me watching that bad movie this is isaiah Saldivar. maybe god's okay with me listening to worldly music maybe god's not that maybe this is not that wrong and i've been preaching for 10 years that this is sin maybe it is okay to drink and, and then i break and i go what why do i think that because the false teacher caused me to follow other gods if you're listening to a teacher and they're drawing you away from holiness away from oh i feel the fire of god does anyone else feel it away from righteousness away from consecration i'm going to show you and keep showing you they are false teachers and sadly a lot of preachers today especially in america are telling people it is okay to serve other gods. Are you seeing this? It is okay to serve success. It is okay to be complacent. It is okay to worship and put your family above God. It's okay to live a carnal worldly life because God still loves you. So they're causing you to follow other gods and we're okay with it. Here's what he says. He goes, you guys are okay with it. You like it. Paul said this, you happily put up with whatever they tell you. You happily put up even if they preach. And this is what Paul said a different Jesus, 
a different gospel and a different spirit. And here's what Paul says, here's the problem. You're not even fighting it. Where is the fight? Where are, when, when are you gonna call, rebel against this false gospel and these false teachers and say, I'm tired of being lulled to sleep. I'm tired of being happy with it. Don't just go to church and say, I'm just happy with hearing a false teaching, false gospel, have a pastor that preaches against the word of God because, oh, praise the Lord, I feel good about myself and my sin. If you walk out feeling good about your sin, you're under a false teacher. Let it strike you. Let the word of God convict you. Do not put up with it and happily put up with what anyone tells you. Jeremiah 5.30, again, we're not giving you my opinion, we're giving God's word. Jeremiah 5.30 says, a horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. So if it says that, pay attention. Here's what the horrible and shocking thing is. The prophets prophesy lies, the priests rule by their own authority, and oh, I feel the fire of God. Listen to this. And my people love it this way. But what will you do in the end? God says, you want to know what's so shocking? What? Now, for God to call something shocking and horrible, this is not like just some little light thing, some side topic, five-minute video make you make on YouTube. He goes, you want to know something shocking and horrible? Meanwhile, by the way, their abortions breaking out, riots are breaking out, people are getting killed, and God says, well, let me show you something else that's shocking and horrible. The prophets are lying, preaching a false message, prophesying lying, and he goes, and here's the problem, my people love it. They love it. They love, and I want to tell some of you, you love false prophecies. I'm going to show you this. You love false teachers. Here's a sobering thing we need to come to grips with tonight. Deception is getting deep here, is a cooperative act. It's cooperative. In order for a false prophet to deceive you, they have to have something you want. You want to know why false prophets are in business right now? Why there's Thousands of preachers in America and throughout the world that are false teachers, false prophets. They're only doing it for money. They're only doing it for show. They're living immoral lies. They're, they're using their power to manipulate people. Let me tell you why. Because there's a high demand. And if there's no demand, then there's no need for supply. The reason why there's so much supply is because there's so much demand because you guys love when people itch your ears. You love smooth, pleasing, nice, prophetic, watered down messages that appease the flesh. We will prophesy, and this is what's amazing. We will prophesy to people that are in complete sin and we'll go, God has all this amazing stuff for you and God loves you and all this stuff. And we're like, I'm, I'm like, wait, what? I know that guy. The guy's cheating on his wife. He's addicted to alcohol. He's ab abusive. He's bitter and angry. I brought in a guest speaker and they prophesied over him. God has all these amazing things. You want to know what your future holds if you keep that life? Hell, destruction, torment, uh, the losing of your family, your wife leaving you, your kids hating you, but you're getting there preaching, oh, God loves you, and there's an amazing thing God has, and I see all this stuff in your future, and we're afraid as prophets, remember, this is not simple prophecy, to call out sin, and now we're validating people that are living in sin, saying, God's okay with it. We have an entire generation, I'm getting too real tonight, I'm gonna end up losing some people here, an entire generation that is comfortable, and let this just shake you tonight, comfortable on the road to hell comfortable comfortable in their sin because smooth candy crush preachers are telling us we are fine in our sin 
So the reason why God allows it is because the people love it. We love this. We've been seduced by false teachers and false prophets. And I pray tonight that the deception breaks off of you in Jesus' name. I pray someone wakes up in Jesus' names and come out of the fog in the mighty name of Jesus. God allows it, one, because he's testing us, two, because we crave false prophecies. And the Bible says that God will turn us over to our appetite. God will turn us over to our desires. God has given us a free will. So stop being one of those that loves getting your ears massaged. Stop being one that loves getting your ears itched. Stop being one that loves when people justify your compromise. I, I literally love conviction. I love when preachers, in fact, I don't even listen to preachers if they don't convict me. I don't even listen to preachers if they don't preach the word of God strong because I want to change. Why am I going to church or even listening to preaching if it's not going to convict me to change? So one of the ways we're going to put false prophets out of business is when you guys stop following them. When you guys stop buying their stuff, when you guys start lo stop loving their things. How about this, youth pastors? Stop bringing all of these watered-down youth preachers that get up there and that tell five jokes, preach an 18-minute message where there's no power, no altar call, and then you pack up the youth conference with 5,000 young people that are all addicted to pornography and drugs, and you bring in some hip, smooth, leather pants-wearing preacher that doesn't have power to bring deliverance and breakthrough. I sat in one meeting and I cried. It was a church that sat 5,000. It was a friend of mine's youth conference. I sat in the back as the preacher was preaching, crying, crying. You want to know why I was crying? Not because the word of God moved me, because I looked around at 5,000 teenagers that were addicted to everything you can imagine. And this was in 2018, broken and hurting. And I looked on stage and saw a guy wearing a V-neck, I don't know how far, halfway down his body with skin tight leather pants, telling three jokes about some social media page and preached a 17 minute message. There was no power, there was no conviction. And I said, we have an entire generation that needs breakthrough deliverance that is battling suicide, anxiety, and depression. And we have watered down, weak, false teachers, false gospel preachers getting up there telling a couple jokes with no power of God, no blood of Jesus, no cross, and no breakthrough, and our children are dying and going to hell. Let me not say children, because children don't go to hell. Our young adults are dying in the street, taking their lives, and going to hell, separated from God, because we bring them into youth groups, into places where they tickle their ears. But God is raising up a remnant of preachers that are not going to be afraid to preach the word of God. Now, Jesus said something so interesting in John 10 about false teachers and false shepherds. And many quote John 10, 10, which is the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Have you all heard this? I preached it a thousand times. And we say, that's the devil's job. And I believe, yes, the devil does still kill, and destroy. But most people don't realize in the context of the verse, Jesus was not describing the devil. Listen to me tonight. When Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he was not describing Satan, although Satan does do, do those things. He was describing false leaders, false messiahs, false teachers, false prophets. And he said, those that came before me claimed to be great teachers, but they were false and they were thieves. And watch what he says in verse 11 of John 10. He says, I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd sacrifices his life. Watch this now. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he's not their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks and scatters the flock. 
the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't care about the sheep. Jesus said the thief, which is the false leaders of Israel, they still, they kill and they destroy and they don't care about you. Let me just say this. Some of these pastors, you might be in a church with them. They don't care about you. He goes, these false teachers, this, this is the, one of the signs. They don't fight back when the enemy comes. They are passive. To them being a pastor or a leader is a job. So why would they spend extended times off the clock fighting for you and delivering you? It's no wonder why I always hear, my pastor won't deal with deliverance. My pastor won't spend any extra time. My pastor won't pray for people at the altar. It's because that's time outside of the hour and a half on Sunday of him having to help you fight off the wolf. The wolf being the enemy and also false teachers. But he says, when the wolf comes, to destroy the sheep the false prophet doesn't help fight you want to know why it's not in this job description when you get hired and you get an interview to become a pastor and i've been doing this thing i've been in the game for 10 years y'all i've been in church over uh, around 500 churches i've been to i've been doing this traveling full-time for 10 years been in hundreds of churches here's how a pastor interview goes in most churches in america are you good on social media are you good with people do you, how, how, how do you look? Are you attractive? Do you dress good? They don't care about your prayer life. They don't care if you live holy. They don't care if you know how to drive out a demon. They don't care if you fast. Do you look good on our website? And do you look good? Are you the right ethnicity to fit into the church to make us look diverse in front of the people? And are you good with meeting people? Are you good with networking? Are you good with hosting pizza parties? And that's all that honestly matters. It doesn't really matter if hell doesn't know you. It doesn't really matter if you're impacting the kingdom of darkness. And so you're just hired. You're a hireling. You take an interview and you get hired. And Jesus goes in John 10, you are a hireling. You're a thief. You're a false shepherd, and when the enemy comes, it's not in your job description to fight him, so you don't really care. And this was the issue. This is your Bibles. So don't get mad at me. In Luke 13, when Jesus cast the demon out of the woman, he told the religious people, you're telling me not to do this. Watch this. On the Sabbath, because remember, they considered healing people work, so Jesus said, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, and so you're telling me not to deliver her because it's considered work. But Jesus says, you untie your donkey and take it to go drink on the Sabbath, but you're mad that I've untied this woman that was bound to a demonic spirit who is bound by Satan, and I've untied her and brought her to rivers of living water. This is a telltale sign of a false teacher as ministry is simply a job to them. It's a business, it's a check in and check out. But didn't Jesus come in and clean the temple and say, you've turned my father's house into a den of thieves? It's just all convenience. It's just all get them in and out as fast as possible with no real change. But he says, my house shall be called. I'm preaching to somebody tonight, a house of prayer. But because there's power in prayer, there is breakthrough in prayer. There is change in prayer. Prayer takes time and energy. Ministry, listen to me closely tonight. All of you pastors, is not my employer, is not my occupation. I am not employed by Isaiah Saldivar Ministries. I'm employed by Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God is the one I work for. I told people that on planes. Who do you work for? I work for God. Literally, I work for God. That's, that's who pays me. God pays me. I work for him. I do what the master says. I do what the good shepherd says and what he does. If God says tomorrow, go move to India, sell everything, delete all your channels, I will do it. Literally, when I got saved from being an atheist, I said, God, I'll give you everything and I'll do anything. I'm still living that 10 years later. Anything you want me to do. 
So I'm sorry, but you're not employing me. I'm not employed. That's why you're like, how could this preacher be so bold? I've never heard anyone talk like this because I don't give a rip about what people think. You're not paying my bills. You're not employing me. And if you don't sow and support and let God use you to support the ministry, God will still support me. So my source is not people. My source is God and God uses people. But understand ministry is not a job to me. It's the overflow of my relationship with Christ. I don't pray for people because I have to. I pray for people because I get to. Nobody, guess what, is forcing me to preach tonight. I'm not doing this because I'm making money. I'm not doing it for an income. I'm doing it for the outcome. The false shepherd doesn't fight back. It's time for some leaders to fight back against the forces of darkness. Why are our pastors not fighting back? When you see the wolf coming and you say, not in this house, you might be able to act a mess up in the house, the church down the road, but sorry, Satan, not here. Because if you show up in this church, again, we're gonna make sushi out of the snake and the devil has no power. The devil shows up in my church, he leaves in a wheelbarrow. That's the mentality you need to have. You need to be vigilant against the powers of the enemy and you need to respond to people properly respond to the enemy properly and fight back now jesus goes on teaching about how the good shepherd and here's his here's the response of the people in john 10 to jesus preaching about the good shepherd here's what they said this is about jesus word for word they said this in verse 20 he's demon possessed and out of his mind why listen to a man like that others said this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon can a demon open the eyes of the blind this is the backlash. Now, I get backlash, I'm not going to lie, but it's never as bad as this. They literally told Jesus, you're demon-possessed and you're out of your mind because you're preaching a gospel that is not the norm of what everybody else is preaching. So this is what Jesus had to come against when he started calling out false pastors, false prophet, and false teachers. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So in other words, they don't wear trench coats. They look like normal, average, nice people. They come as sheeps. They don't come announcing their false prophets. They come as sheep wearing they come as sheep wearing sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are wolves. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen. for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen. They disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, he says, even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise, he, Paul says his servants disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, but their end will correspond with their deeds. In other words, their end will be destruction. So Paul is reinforcing that when we talk about false prophets or false apostles, they look like legit ministers. And this is why the church is okay with Satan being among them, because Satan comes among us as an angel of light. So how could we tell? discernment and knowing the word of God, the two things the church doesn't have or doesn't know. Now, let me answer this, okay, as we transition here. Is it biblical to call people out? Yes, it's biblical to call people out, but it's not biblical. Listen to me closely, all of you on YouTube, to create a ministry where all you do is call people out. Did Paul call people out? Paul called out Demas in 2 Timothy 1.15. He said, Demas has deserted me and is in love with the world. Paul called out Phygelus and Hermogenes, I don't even know how to say their name, Hermogenes in 2 Timothy 1.15 for turning away from him. He said in 1 Timothy 1.19 that Hymenus and Alexander have shipwrecked the faith. He called out in 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, he called out in 1 Timothy 2.17, Hymenus again and Philetus who talked about and said their talk spreads gangrene. So Paul called out, you don't have to write none of those down or remember none of those, at least 
six false teachers and said, watch out for them. So it is biblical. And Paul said that their, their theology spreads like gangrene. It's contagious. It's deadly. It causes things to fall off of the body of Christ. So I don't personally, God has made it very clear to me, Isaiah, don't call people out by name personally. So I don't do that, but it is a biblical thing to do, but you have to remember this and stay with me here. And then I'll give you some more clear direction. Stay with me. You have to remember the apostle Paul was an apostle and had positioned the church. He was not a Joe Schmo Facebook keyboard warrior trying to go viral by calling everyone out. There's a big difference. He was not doing it for clicks for views or for clout. He was doing it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and he was not being nasty about it. Some of you that want to call all these teacher, false teachers out, number one, you're nasty. You're nasty. You're rude. You're sarcastic. You're just, uh, you're just nasty. And number two, who are you? You don't have a following. You've done nothing for God. You're not an apostle. You're not even in a church. You're some guy living in your, your uh, basement somewhere. Literally, I watched two videos this last two weeks ago of guys on YouTube, don't don't waste your time finding them because they have like 50 views on them, trying to call me out for believing in deliverance and believing in miracles and just dumb stuff. And both of them, number one, looked like they were filming from a basement, but both both of them are doing nothing for God. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their pedigree, going, you've done nothing, you have no fruit and you've done nothing for God. So why are you gonna jump on here and try to be some keyboard warrior, Facebook prophet, um, TikTok theologian, and try to tell me about deliverance when you have not done anything but casted demons into people? So I'm not talking. Now, is it okay to call people out? Yes, but don't do it if you have no fruit, if you have no, no nothing going for you, you have no resume. It's like you're trying to tell someone how to do a job you've never even done. Like you don't even, you don't even walk with God. You're over there, and like I go to their pages and I'm like, ungodly everything and i'm thinking and i and i'm supposed to take you seriously so we need to stop just being these these keyboard warriors and understand it's not our job to call everyone out so jude really breaks down some major characteristics of a false teacher and false prophet and the first chapter of jude of jude verse three he says dear friends i've been eagerly planning to write you about the salvation we share but i, I but now i find that i must write about something else urging you listen to this to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. So he says, I wanna to write to you about all of our salvation, all of our faith. He says, but instead I have to write to you about something else because there is something dangerous happening and you guys need to be aware of it. I wanna talk about other topics, but he said, this is important. And he says, it's false teachers. It's false apostles. It's false leaders that have wormed their way into your church. And this is what he says in verse four. He says, I say this, because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master, Lord Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a mouthful right there that Jude says. So he describes them, number one, write this down. We're gonna go quick here. It's Friday night, y'all. Give me like 20 Pentecostal minutes. You, don't, you act like you got plans tonight. Come on, give me, give me some time here. He goes, number one, sign of a false prophet, write this down, is these people, false teachers, 
they live ungodly. So they're they're preaching the right message, but they're living ungodly. So this right off the bat, according to Jude, the first indication, they don't live godly lives. Now, when you look at the word godly life or living ungodly, think of this, the fruit of the spirit. Think of character. Think of the things we watch, the things we listen, listen to, the, day, the, time, the way we spend our time. Is it godly? Is our character godly? Do people get around these pastors and leaders and say, man, they, they're just very godly when I'm around them. I remember hearing a story of a, quote, of, a, of a very quote unquote famous revivalist that saw millions come through the revival who had saw millions watching online, miracles break out, salvations break out. And if I said the guy's name, 90 plus percent of you would say, oh yeah, I know that guy. He's very, very famous revivalist. Here's what one of his best friends told me personally. He said, after the revival would end, the revival's not around anymore, by the way, he, he fell hard. But he said, after the revival would end, he would go back to his hotel after preaching. Think about this. He would go back to his hotel, he would drink, and he would watch horror movies. This was his thing. He was addicted to horror movies. This is a man of God addicted to horror movies. And this is what Jude is trying to say. False teachers, they are ungodly. They preach but they live an ungodly life and God is looking for character over gifting. God is looking for character over talent. So if you, your pastor or leader over you is preaching all these things to you, but in the background drinking and watching horror movies, and that's an example, living an ungodly life, Jude is warning you, these are false people because they are ungodly. They don't live that lifestyle, that godly lifestyle that the Bible says we've been given power to live. Now, when I talk about movies and music, I just describe some of your favorite preachers because they're out there with all the celebrities doing everything you can think of at the clubs, at the raves, at the parties, and they think, well, I'm just trying to reach them, but really they're living ungodly lives. Listen, everyone um, that we're, I'm talking about will preach a message, false grace message that says, it's okay to live like this. Here's why, the grace of God. You can talk how you want, you can go where you want. You can listen to what you want. You can drink whatever you want. And then here's what they're going to say. Oh, Isaiah Saldivar, he's legalistic. He doesn't realize we're under grace. Because remember, Jude says, they'll tell you that grace is a license to sin. And they say, no, Isaiah, he's, he's preaching legalism, Old Testament. We're under the new covenant. We're under grace. We can do whatever we want because we're sin abounds. Grace abounds greater. But you need to keep reading. Because Paul says, should we keep on sinning for the sake of grace? No, no. It's not, it's the opposite. Grace is the empowerment to live a holy life, not the license to live in sin. If your pastor or, te or leader teaches, you know, you can live how you want, according to Jude, not Isaiah, he's a false teacher. Because remember, he says they give a license to sin. He says they go around telling us the marvelous grace of God allows us to live immoral lives. If anyone you listen to preaches the grace of God allows you to live immoral, they are, according to Jude, a false teacher. False teacher. Jeremiah 23, 14 says, also among the prophets of Jerusalem, I've seen a horrible thing, the committing of adultery and walking in falsehood among the prophets. And they strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one has turned their back from wickedness. All have become to me like Sodom. So he says, these prophets are walking in adultery and falsehood and they're strengthening the hand of evildoers. So they preach and people don't turn their back on wickedness, they indulge in with wickedness. So that's a prophet living in immoral lifestyle. So false prophets, number one, they don't live godly lives, they live in compromise. Number two, write this down. Now some of you are like, man, I gotta go and follow some people after tonight. 
They preach a mixed message. Again, this is false prophets and false teachers. They preach a mixed message. Jeremiah 23, 13 says, among the prophets, and this is, Jeremiah 23 is the, is the is Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah indicting false prophets. He said, I saw this offensive thing. They prophesied by Baal and led my people of Israel astray. So this is mingling the things of God, prophesying with the things of this world. It's mixing, it's polluting. And what false teachers love to do is they love to pollute the message. So many pastors want to mix into the word of God what the world is doing. And they're having all these series about movies and they use ungodly movies and they mix them in with the word of God to use illustrations. And some of that is okay, but you need to be careful when you're preaching about immorality and about worldliness and you're trying to mix it in with scripture we need to be careful that we're not propping up a worldly system we're tearing down the worldly system and that our loyalty is to god not to bail jesus said this now here's a, a question i always get isaiah how do i know if my pastor is preaching a false gospel i'm going to help you this will change your life jesus said not isaiah the road that leads to life is difficult is narrow and few people are going to find it so if your pastor preaches an easy gospel here's what it sounds like everybody come forward everybody could just get saved you don't have to do anything you can keep going back to your old life and don't change just pray a prayer it's easy it's like the rich young ruler oh you're fine as long as you give up everything jesus said no you're not worthy to follow me if they preach an easy gospel a convenient gospel a gospel that doesn't change your life that there's no repentance no blood no breakthrough power they are preaching and i can say it right now about your pastor without standing before god they are preaching a false gospel because jesus said the true gospel is difficult the way that leads to life is a difficult narrow road so it's not this life where it's like you can just live how you want just keep doing what you're doing but add jesus sprinkle a little bit of jesus and pepper onto your sunday morning and so instead of sunday morning being hung over just go to church for an hour and you're good you're fine that's a false gospel that's an easy it's easy to go for an hour and a half and live how you want all week long have the same desires and priorities of the world and that's a false gospel because jesus said the road is difficult he said the narrow gate is me and it's not easy many will say lord lord we prophesied and they're not going to enter many on judgment day will think i'm their lord but i won't be and they won't enter they'll preach a easy gospel jeremiah 23 17 they keep saying to those that despise me the lord has said you will have peace and as for everyone who walks in stubbornness of his own heart they say calamity will not come upon you so let me just break this down and make it easy for you people that are living in sin and that are living in stubbornness they say you're fine there's no hell there's no judgment here's what he says calamity will not come upon you this means they have no backbone they would rather speak what you want to hear rather than what you need to hear so false prophets again not just saying a word that didn't come to pass are those that prophesy peace during a time of war they say there's no warfare this is a big one i hear this every week there's no such thing as spiritual warfare there's no battle everything's fine jesus did it all defeated everything we don't have to battle that's a false prophet false teacher why because they're declaring peace when really there's war because they don't want to be negative or offend you false prophet okay false prophet number three write this down number three they deny the lordship of christ they don't deny jesus but they deny him lording over people jude goes they've denied this is what jude says they've denied our only master the lord jesus christ they, they say things like this jesus is only a friend he's cool with you he's your homeboy 
do whatever you want. Jesus is hip. Just relax. Jesus has evolved. Have you all ever heard of progressive Christianity? We need to be more progressive. We need to calm down and evolve with the culture. It's not that big of a deal now as it was back then. False teacher, false pastor you are false a hundred thumbs down false 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 because you're denying the lordship of jesus jude makes it clear to point out that he is our master our master the lord jesus christ so no you can't do whatever you want we're bound by the standard of scripture as paul said this i'm a slave to christ so whenever they get asked and this is what you're going to see them they'll get on tv or in a podcast and this is what the uh, an interview will ask them is jesus the only way to heaven here's what they're gonna say here's are you guys ready well actually no there's no well whenever somebody asks you is Jesus the only way and your next answer is well you're already false prophet right there call him out false prophet false teacher there's no well well does not belong at the end of is Jesus the only way there's only one word and one right answer and the answer is yes that's it absolutely 100 there's no other way mary is not an entrance muhammad is not an entrance joseph smith is not an en entrance the archangels are not an entrance good vibes are not an entrance being a good person there is one entrance to god to to the to the father and that is jesus jesus is the door he's the only way so just go away with all the well. If you've ever heard, if you listen to any preachers that have to say well, they are false and they are preaching another gospel. Now, the only way to life, write this down, is to live submitted to the Lordship of Christ. They Now, here's another thing they preach, false prophets. Jesus is the Savior, but not the Master, okay? So he's just, he wants to save you. Every week, the altar call is the same. There's no deliverance, no healing. It's just every week he wants to save you. Every week he wants to save you. Jesus wants to save you. He wants to save you. Does he want to save you? Of course he does. He wants to save you. He died on the cross to save you. But remember this. Jesus died as a savior. This is what your Bible says. But he rose as a king. So he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the governor of my life. They don't preach this. They always say get saved over and over and over. But what about Jesus the master? Have y'all heard that sermon before there? What about he wants to govern your life? Have you heard at your church on Sunday, God wants to rule over you? It's not like he does not revolve around my life. He's not an add on like a side of fries. My life revolves around Jesus. Jesus does not revolve around my life. He's at the center and everything else is an add on. He's first above my marriage above my kids, above my family, everything else is Jesus. And this is what Jude says in verse 12. He says, when these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, they are like dangerous reefs. Here's what, here's what, here's what he says about false teachers, that shipwreck you. They're like shameless shepherds who care only about themselves. They're like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are dead, that bear no fruit, that have been pulled up by the root. They are like wild waves of the sea churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. Go read your Bible, y'all. This is crazy. They are like wandering stars doomed forever to the dark, to the blackest darkness. 
Look at the words. Look at the verbiage here of what Jude is saying. He's describing them as these people that are dead trees. They're just there. They're like on the stage. They're at the pulpit and they have a large following, but they're dead. And they're just walking around with death. And they're, they're like these uh, churning up the foam and they're like clouds. And you're like, oh, look, what a nice cloud. I hope it rains because my crops are dying. And you look at them, but they never produce rain. Are you seeing this? He says they're wandering stars that are doomed to forever blackest darkness. I mean, this is what he says about false prophets. So don't think, oh, you're just being too hard. Hard, Isaiah, tell that to Jude, because that's who I'm quoting tonight. This is his, the heavy wording, but here's what he says. They can shipwreck you. Isaiah, why are you so passionate tonight about this? And why is it a big deal? Because they can be the reason, write this down. They can be the reason that you shipwreck in your faith. They can be the reason that you lose your faith because you're living a counterfeit Christian life under their teaching. Okay, number four, we're almost done. They claim authority from their dreams and visions. Verse eight, this is what Jude says. And the same way these people, false teachers, claim authority from their dreams. They live immoral lives, again, reinforcing. They defy authority and they scoff, listen to this, at supernatural beings, specifically demons and angels. He says, they're always having dreams. Have you, have you, do you guys know these people? Always dream about this and dream about that. And it's like, you tell them something and you're like, oh, I need an answer on this. And the next night they dream about it. It's like, oh, I have a dream here. And they're using their dreams to lead people astray. Now you might be in here going, oh, this man, this guy just jumped on. He must not believe in dreams. Wrong. I did over three hours of talking about dreams on my channel. I believe in dreams. What I don't believe in is using your dreams to manipulate and to have a power position over people and to dominate people and dominate their decisions. So he goes on to also talk about angels and supernatural beings, but watch what he says in verse 10. Okay, watch this. He says, and I'll, I'll, I'll go over all the points after, okay? Someone said, what is number four? Number four is they claim authority from their dreams and visions. Okay, that's number four. They claim authority from dreams and visions. But watch what verse 10 says. These people scoff at things they do not understand. But here's what he's talking about in the context of the verse. They scoff at demons and they scoff at angels. Hello, somebody. Ding, ding, ding. Jude, you hit the nail on the head. Does anybody in the chat know a pastor or a leader that scoffs at you because you believe in deliverance? They're like, oh, that whole demon thing. You believe in demons and angels and they scoff and they joke. The moment you start talking spiritual, come on, type one. The moment you start talking deliverance, they scoff and make fun of you because they don't understand it. Listen, maybe you don't understand deliverance and demons and angels, but don't make fun of us that know how real they are. Don't scoff at what Jesus did. Jesus said the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you call deliverance demonic. This was the context of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit to attribute the work of God to the work of Satan. Remember, Jesus casting out demons, and then all of a sudden the Pharisees say, he cast out demons by the power of Satan. Jesus immediately goes into the teaching of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and says, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, just watch out because I can't even forgive you. That's the unforgivable sin. Why? Because you're saying the work of God is a work of demons. That's what Jesus said. So don't scoff at what you don't understand. And if you're a dreamer, praise the Lord, but false prophets use supernatural dreams to claim authority, okay? So don't get all judged if you're in here and you have dreams all the time. So they speak out of their own imagination and they claim it's from God. Jeremiah 23, 16. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, this is God speaking through the prophet, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak visions of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. Again, they're making up dreams and visions. Um, they steal words from others. I talked about this last week. They steal prophetic words saying God spoke to them. That's Jeremiah 23, 30. The Lord says, I'm against these prophets because they steal my words from each other. So they're saying, God told me this when God didn't even tell them that. And we're seeing that a lot in the prophetic movement, which is why this entire month I dedicated to teaching prophecy, Bible prophecy, because you have to understand false prophets are going to manipulate you. Okay, we're almost done. Number five, are you ready? Oh, this is a good one. I could go 100 points here, but this is number five. This is not exhaustive. They refuse, number five, they refuse any accountability and responsibility. Jude says they scoff at authority. Whenever a false teacher or a false prophet is called out on their false teaching or false prophetic word, they will evade accountability. They're going to say things like this. Are you guys ready? Touch not God's anointed. Who do you think you are to challenge me? Touch not my anointed. Touch not the anointing of God. And they're going to use scriptures out of context to try to defend their false preaching, their false narrative, and their false gospel. Whenever they're called on it, they're going to try to evade the responsibility. They think by you testing the word or holding them accountable, you're trying to harm them. The verse they quote, are you guys ready? Is Psalms 105.13, and it's about doing wrong to God's anointed. But it's not wrong to hold a prophet or teacher accountable. In fact, the Bible tells us to. 1 John says, test the spirits. 1 Corinthians 14.29 says to judge prophecy. 1 Timothy 5.19 speaks of keeping people accountable. So it's not wrong to keep them accountable or to hold them responsible for what they preach. False prophets will take to social media to try to discredit anyone who's trying to keep them accountable, thinking that their size of following or their platform indicator whether they're right or wrong. Do, do never, 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 do, don't ever think that because somebody has a large platform that be validated by God or they must be right because some of the guys that have millions of followers are wrong. Some of the guys that have 10 followers are wrong. So just because you have a large platform, they'll take to social media thinking of 100,000 followers. Friend, listen, I got, I have all, I, I'm about to hit 200,000 TikTok followers in less than a month of being on TikTok. Do you want to know what that means in heaven's eyes? You want to know what that means when it comes to validity? That's how much it means. It means zero. It means nothing. If I'm up here preaching a false gospel and then saying, oh, well, I have 200,000 TikTok followers in one month. Guess what that means? Nothing. It doesn't matter if I have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. If I'm preaching a false gospel, I still need to be accountable and responsible. One thing they'll say is, well, I don't need accountability because I have a lot of influential friends or I built an influential network, yet their friends are usually the worst ones to try to keep them accountable. Don't look to your friends to keep you accountable. Find spiritual covering, spiritual accountability. Do you have that, Isaiah? Absolutely. I have people in my life, my uncle, my pastor keeps me accountable for everything I preach and say. Every word that comes out of this mouth is I'm accountable for. I have to answer for it. And I have times where my pastor will text me during the broadcast and say, hey, you said this, you should say it this way. Or, hey, this wasn't right. Or, hey, check the verse here. Or, hey, every verse, every every video I post, he watches 100% of my content and I remain accountable and responsible. So I am not preaching something that I'm not walking in. So number one, first sign is they're, they, um, they are ungodly. Number two is they preach a mixed message. Number three is they deny the Lordship of Christ. 
Number four is they claim authority from their dreams and visions. And number five is they refuse any accountability or any responsibility. All right, guys, I'm not going to go into testing a prophetic word because I'll have to cut it short for the sake of how long I've already had you guys on an hour, 20 minutes. And I want to pray for you guys. And I don't want it to be two hours by the time I finish and pray. So I'll make a video probably this week on testing the prophetic word. I think we've overloaded you guys. I try not to go this long. And here's why. Not because you guys won't stay, but because when I overload you, you just are like, I don't even know what I learned because I'm overwhelmed. It's like going to somewhere to eat and the food's amazing. But once you start overeating, the food no longer tastes good. You're gorging yourself. So I don't want to gorge you tonight. I want to pray for you tonight. I know you guys are not in a rush and I'm going to hang out here for another 30 to 40 minutes, reading donations, talking to chat and praying with you guys. But I don't want to gorge you where you can't process the next portion of testing the word because that's very important. So I'll either share it next week or I'll make a video on it because right now I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God to break us out of deception. I'm believing tonight that God wants to break somebody. Now, some of you might be in here right now. Listen, maybe you don't feel comfortable doing this. The chat is not on screen, but if after tonight you say, I've been under a pastor or leader, or I've been listening to a teacher that matches some of these things, I want you to type one in the chat because I wanna see how many of you actually would be able to apply this and say, there's some preachers I've been listening to that are false preachers and tonight I feel like the Lord is breaking me out of deception. I'm gonna be more careful because remember what the Bible says, that these people can shipwreck your faith. So it's not just like, oh, I just listen to them, it's no big deal, okay, lots of ones. It's that they can actually shipwreck your faith because they're living immoral, they're having dreams that are not from God, they're scoffing at authority, they're scoffing at supernatural beings because they deny the Lordship or they don't even preach the Lordship or maybe you're just under people that are preaching a mixed message. So these five things I'm applying to my ministry, I'm not above reproach, I'm not some amazing, awesome person that, I'm, I'm applying them going, Lord, I don't ever want to become a false teacher. So let's pray. Let's break the power of deception. Let's break the lies of the enemy. And let's ask the Lord to open up our eyes. Yeah, I put the music on because we're praying. It's, it's fine. I just didn't want it on while I was preaching. So Father, we pray. Come on, let's all begin to pray right now. Father, we just pray right now that you would break all deception off in Jesus' name. We pray, Holy Spirit, for your power. We pray for your fire. We just pray for your anointing to be released right now in Jesus' name. God, we are asking you to do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would break deception. We pray that you would break every lie. Even when that snake has come to us, Lord, or we've come under the power of religion or deception, and we don't even know it, I pray tonight that it would be lifted now in Jesus' name. Right now, you've given us power and authority, Lord. I pray, lift the veil. Lift the deception. Open up our eyes in Jesus' name. Open up our ears in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we just pray. Do what only you can do right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, release your power. Holy Spirit, release your fire. We are praying that we would have eyes to see and that we would have ears to hear and that, Lord, you would remove us out from under false teachers, false prophets. God, we don't want to be deceived, Lord. Your word says they'll deceive many. Let us not be those. We are zealous for your word. We pray that we would stay in scripture. We pray that we would stay in your word. And then, God, we would walk in holiness. Let us not live ungodly lives. Let us not live immoral, immoral lives, but we just pray power of the Holy Spirit. We pray anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray fire of the Holy Spirit. Come right now. Remove the scale right now. In Jesus' name, I pray over every single one of you in the chat that the dirty scales would be removed, that the scales of deception, the power of deception would be removed in Jesus' name. Make us demon-proof. Make us deception-proof. Make us, Lord, right now, 
just no, not longer vulnerable to the power. Those that maybe have been dominating over us or using prophetic witchcraft or manipulating us or pastors that are controlling us or using prophecy as a sign of control. I pray, break it in Jesus' name. Every tie right now, I break off every tie that you have to that person in Jesus' name. Every tie to the ungodly, immoral person that's shipwrecking your faith. We break it in Jesus' name. We just pray power of the Holy Spirit right now. I just pray, Lord, right now, I pray we would no longer love these smooth preachers, these smooth messages, or these false prophetic words. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.